All right, guys, welcome back to the New Nine Golf Podcast. It's been a little bit since you've heard from us, but we're ready to keep pumping out some good podcasts for you. And today we are joined by some other fellow podcasters, some fellow golf podcasters. These guys know exactly what it takes to pump out this content. They know it's not easy and you got to align schedules and you got to have a love for golf. And I think that's what it all comes down to. So without further ado, I would like to welcome the boys from the 4Jack Podcast. Boys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here, Brandon. Thank you, my friend. This is an, an, an awesome chance for me because, like I said before we started recording, I I was sitting in your guys' shoes. I was the interviewee. Now I get to be a little bit more comfortable as the interviewer. Um, when you guys started a podcast, who was that initial person that had that idea that says, I want to start asking some some golfers some questions? Uh well, I'll, I'll jump in there. That was, that was me stuck in uh, Sydney at the time. Uh, I was taking a marketing class and I needed to start a business and I missed chatting with my friends at home. And I was like, you know what? We like golf. We like to talk. And I think this is what's going to work. And Tom and I started doing it. Tom was in his car at like three in the morning. I was sitting in my bed. We we're literally doing it over the phone, uh, just running it off anchor. And it, it sounded like we were running it off of a phone as well. And it, it was, uh, it was an experiment to say the least. I did a shitty other job introducing you guys. So he just heard was this from was Chris. We got two Chris's and a Tom. Tom's rocking a wicked. Looks like a goat track hat. Yeah, it's uh, one of the signature GTSC hats. Uh, loving it. Got a couple different colors. This one's the black and pink. But uh, I appreciate you noticing that. And then we've yet to hear from our second Chris on the show. Chris rocking the uh, backwards yellow snapback. Chris, what's happening, buddy? Hey man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having us on. I honestly, I had to get up and get a hat because I felt left out. So fresh cut from the barber, wanted to show it off a little bit, but felt a little underdressed. So it's funny you say fresh cut. I was there too. You probably can't tell a little beard trim, but with all this COVID stuff going on, they've been closed for the last couple of weeks. I don't know if it's similar to where you guys are. If uh, restrictions are lifted, is life back to normal? Where are we in just sense of life right now? Parksy, you take this one. <laughs> This is so different. Hey, it's so we always know what's going on with the show, but being on the other side of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting landscape we're navigating in, in Vancouver. We've never really been shut, shut. Uh, dining has only ever gone to worst case scenario patios. And obviously in Vancouver, we're very fortunate to have some pretty awesome weather. So it's never felt like a total disconnect, but uh, I mean, Obviously, things are starting to open up. We're looking forward to July 1st when there's some more restrictions gone. And then I understand today somebody mentioned that with your second vaccination, there will be no more mandatory quarantine. And then they might be opening up the borders for travel. So fingers crossed the four jack and new nine can maybe sneak down across the border and do some battles. See you in Bandon. I like it, man. Just, just got a, oh, sorry, Brandon. I'm just going to jump in there and like, go ahead. My life has been a little different throughout COVID. I've been low. I believe in social distancing on the best of days because people are just wild and crazy. And it's like, always keep our distance. But yeah, I went down to the States, New York in the heart of it, just to like see what a place of that magnitude is like during a, like a pandemic, right? Like crazy time. So I've been low key moving, shaking, spreading the gospel of the four Jack podcast. As far as my, maintenance of self let's say it looks like i kind of came out of the woods you and i were kind of like going that mullet route which seems to be in vogue these days uh but just made it into vancouver with these 
boys. So it's nice to be reunited with them. And uh, yeah, we played our first round of golf together on Friday, which was amazing. Playing with your buddies is like, I'll never take it for granted again. We've been closed. Our course made us just play as uh, either you have to be uh, single or if you live by yourself, you could have a cohort. So you could list two people to play with or a spouse. So luckily my wife golfs, we played together, but I couldn't play with any buddies, run tournaments, do any of that fun snip type, uh, you know, gambling, chirping environment that I think it's been good for everyone's mental health anyway, for us in Calgary to finally get some uh, restrictions lifted. I so feel like, sorry, I just cut in. I feel like some of these rules, like Alberta didn't have any of that last year, man. And it was like, we were just free balling it everywhere. Like even when you come out here, there's no rules. I was booking in as a single with randoms every single weekend. It's like, man, come on. Like Alberta, Canada, wake up, drop the rules. Let's go open it up. Could have been Ontario, bro. <laughs> Could have been worse. You're right. T-Pays is looking more like Florida, right? That's what he, he's, he's aiming to be. Yeah, Texas. Lean a little red right now. Ain't no COVID down there. Oh, you got your driving arm. Show Brandon your driving arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah looking man. good. Guys, I want to hear about your golf or your history with golf. So I'll give you each the floor a little bit. Parksy, I'm going to start with you, buddy. Give me a little uh, a little background on you as a golfer. When did you start Ooh. playing? What kind of golfer are you now? And, uh, yeah, where the love of the game come from? Uh, I think a lot to do with uh, being raised with a father that played the game was an absolute pig. Like, I was fortunate to have a childhood where my father spent majority of his time at a golf course. I didn't even know I had a... a other members of my family because basically anyone in the pro shop was kind of like you know the people that i resonated with so uh yeah introduced at a really young age first set of golf clubs went down the uh the well in the backyard at about one and a half and and i cried and cried and cried until i got another set but uh played a lot of competitive junior golf the uct junior golf optimus world tournaments that kind of stuff was pushed pretty hard and then took a bit of a break from golf and found sort of a passion for culinary and and once upon a time my journey led me to a golf course and ended up playing some golf with the pros and a kitchen guy taking a bunch of money off the golf shop staff wasn't a good thing so uh it kind of made my redecision a reevaluation of where my life was and and kind of leaned on these guys to find out what being a golf pro was all about and what playing competitive golf was all about so pursued that a little bit and it was sort of taken back at the capacity where, hey, I want to be a golf professional, but I actually wanted to play and didn't know the difference between a club pro and a playing pro. So I endured the uh, golf program at uh, Grant McEwen, met a lot of great people, turned pro, was a club pro in Alberta for a long, long time. Spent some time down in the U.S. caddying, playing, trying to chase the dream a little bit and uh, took a backseat to a career and a girlfriend trying to make a living and and golf was kind of sidelined for a while, but uh, I've, I've always stayed connected to the game. And then obviously with the four jack, it's just been another opportunity to reconnect. So as far as a player right now, I would say uh, there's a lot of work going on, a lot of demons, but uh, it's fun to get out and bang around with the boys. And, and it's been fun to you know engage with the community and create this sort of all-inclusive group of people to uh, to share our love for the game. That's cool to hear that uh, it's, it's funny that you say you had a dad at a golf course. Cause I think a lot of people can relate that to the golf is such a handed down sport that a lot of times if your parents golf, chances are you'll have a club, like you said, at one and a half, that's uh it must've been a pretty deep well if those clubs couldn't come back up for you. 
Yeah, it was tough, man. It's funny. In my parents' house, before my dad passed away, they actually had a room, a full-on bedroom dedicated. And it was my dad's golf room, and it had all his golf stuff. And he had prizing from tournaments from, like, you know, 1980. And there's brand-new Pro Vs in boxes from, like, 1981 and that kind of thing. So it just gives you a little context as to the passion he had for the game. And, yeah, I got a little bit of it. So super fortunate. Last follow-up for you before we go uh, around the horn to the other guys. You were caddying a bit in the States, so tried to make it as a player, couldn't. Was there like an aha moment that you thought, you know, maybe I should try a different avenue, but to stay in golf? Were, were guys just shooting scores or was it, I know there's so much that t- takes into professional golf from the mental side and funding and a lot of stuff. What what specifically to you made you think I might need an alternate route to, to get in here? You know, it was... It, there was too many of us and uh, we were Canadians graduated college down in California and it was, it wasn't serious enough. So I guess if I could take it back, I would have disconnected from the group and gone down my own route, but a lot of great life experiences. And I was super fortunate to caddy at two of the most exclusive private clubs in North America. So had the opportunity to play with PJ tour players, saw celebrities on a regular, I had a great, woman that I still keep in contact with that I caddy for. I did five loops at the Bob Hope. So always had pros in our groups, still connected with some of those guys to this day. So um, at some capacity, you know, you're kind of, you're out there playing, you're spending money and you're thinking, man, I am good, but I'm not quite good enough. And when guys coming out, they shoot 62, 63 with a bogey and, and they're, screaming about how bad of a day they've had and you're grinding out like two or three under par and you're thinking wow i played my ass off then it's kind of like okay now i gotta think about something else because obviously this isn't gonna pay the bills golf is one of those sports that you think you have a good day and someone somewhere out there is like 10 times better than you it's just it's so gross how good these guys are you know honestly caddying fortunately a caddy in some crazy groups i played a lot of golf with steve flesh uh, I don't know, multiple, multiple tour players. Anyway, just caddying with these guys. And honestly, when you get to that level, there's good players. And then there's guys that just don't miss. We had a guy on the show last night, the four Jack podcast, who spent a lot of time with Colt Nost and, and he was coming into it thinking, Oh man, I'm going to beat the crap out of this guy. And he played with him and Colt just never missed a shot. And I can relate to that. Cause I've seen that kind of golf from guys. They just, their dispersion is nothing. They roll every putt in the center of the cup. They don't miss, you know, there's no flares, there's no snipes. Everything is just absolute center of the club face. So unless you got that in your bag, it's a tough, tough crowd to navigate. Um, I'm going to start grilling you here. You, I don't know you, but we've seen each other on webcam a couple of times. I get the feeling that you kind of give off this, oh, maybe I don't take it so seriously, but I got a feeling that you're, you're kind of a stick on the golf course. I don't know how I would describe it, but I take golf pretty seriously internally for sure. Like I, I just want to kind of go back into how I got into golf to begin with. Like, yeah, let's hear it. I've always felt a connection to the game before I even actually like started. And I, like, I got my into golf because my mom and I would go play mini golf and I was like eight or nine. And I was like, I just love getting the ball in the hole, right? Like hole in ones at mini golf, greatest time ever. But like growing up, family at that point was like golf's a little too expensive so like play soccer right that's cheap you can do that enjoy it and then it kind of got to the point where 
I was at my friend's house and his mom had like a couple of golf clubs lying around in the basement and they had this huge ass park in the backyard. And we like, would just go hit the golf balls to the, the soccer nets, right? Like playing like the original urban golf to the point where my mom and dad were like, okay, like he's clearly serious about this. Got me a first junior set. I think I made a birdie my second round of golf ever, actually. I was out with like a sister's boyfriend and we were playing where CPAs actually used to work at the old Sherwood Park golf course. First hole, hit a driver, hit a second shot to like five feet off the green and just hit a putt and it like dropped. And he's like, did you just make a birdie? Um, so I was pretty much hooked from that point on. Uh, as far as the competitive side of golf goes, I, I never really like, I think I played one high school golf tournament but like I always thought like maybe there's an opportunity to go somewhere but like I think my entrepreneurial spirit kind of took over and it's like I'm gonna just build a bit like my idea was always like let's get good at golf let's learn how to build the business and then one day maybe if I actually somehow figure out how to do what Parksy's telling us we need to do then I have the money I can pay to go to like Q school now the game has kind of shifted Q school is not really like what it once was but like that was kind of always it i'm always tinkering trying to figure out how to like find that repeatable golf swing i guess is what it is like yesterday took the flight scope out we have our new tailor made irons and i'm like trying to figure out like what are the numbers looking like because you can't miss and like i've struggled with a little bit of like the chipping yips as of late i shouldn't even say those words but like that's the truth and like always working on the game trying to get better and like I just love the community around golf I think is like, like the most important thing like C Pays is one of my best friends in life and like we got like golf is what brought us together we would just pig it all day and night and then like have part 27 chip offs and like he's always had a pretty good short game and my short game is always like kind of struggled in life like I've usually been good off the tee and like relatively decent as a ball striker so it's been nice to have a guy like that in my life that I see just sashaying these little chips, getting up and down from everywhere, sinking 10 footers for par. That's like kind of made me reevaluate that side of my game. Um, it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing is that we all know with golf, right? Like the podcast we built is the four Jack podcast for a reason. And it's, I think universal that everyone who's played golf long enough has had a four putt, right? Like Tiger Woods has had it. And my philosophy on it that like, I try to wingle wangle into this because our podcast has multiple perspectives, but it's how do you bounce back from a fort putt, right? Like go to the next tee and try and make a birdie. Cause that's what it like, it's going to happen inevitably, but what do you do moving forward? But yeah, definitely don't know if the stick is the right word, but uh, it can be, I, I can, it's happened. <laughs> like my best round is a bogey free 65 how are you one how are you and but i've shot 91 at tobiano on 90 minutes of sleep and that's on youtube and i'll never live that one down so <laughs> i'll ask a follow-up tom and we're getting to the man c pace with you guys being such close friends have have is it ever come close to fisticuffs on the golf course has there ever been some animosity uh, playing with each other honestly i don't think so really like in that regard like there's probably been some competitiveness internally with both of us, but, and maybe some fisticuffs over his 
FaceTime call. Like it's never really, when we're in person, we vibe and that's why we do what we do. Like we can disagree with each other, but usually we're good at talking through it. Like I think over our life, there's probably been like a handful of times where we've been like super pissed at each other. That's good Maybe to know. Maybe he feels differently. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's a handful. Yeah, like actually, like we've raised our voice to each other. Maybe like a handful. Like, but yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Chris, you've been waiting so patiently, and you've had like twenty minutes to just think about how am I going to answer? Where did this start? Give me a little bit of background into your golf, where where it started, and and where you are today, uh, running this podcast. Uh, yeah, fuck. I mean, golf got into my world very early, to be honest, like six, kind of like my brother was really big into the game, uh, put a club in my hand, very young, right handed, didn't really work too well. So I was just hitting it with the back of the back of the blade for a bit. I'm a lefty if no one knows that, but no, it didn't work. Uh, played kind of here and there growing up uh, with the family, got a bit into it. But then uh, when my dad passed, it now became like a bit of a daycare uh, option for my mom it was like hey here you go drop you at the course at eight and uh see you at eight and it would yeah kind of just spend the whole day at the course whatever course that may be and yeah you'd start spending a lot of time on the chipping greens playing for loonies just trying to get up and down against the old guys see what you can do see if you can play for a coke and a grin and a basket of fries um but yeah got into high school golf never did well in that played mg mjt never played well in that but it was nice to play competitive golf interclub at belvedere played that um yeah grew up at uh, sure park nine like tom said that was actually my first job no not first job in business first job was at a driving range which was a tough scene because that was high school when i first started drinking too and that was a bit of a wild scene picking the range in the spring by hand after a rough friday night not my favorite scene, but uh, kids got to get some clean balls out for the people. Um, yeah, and then I kind of moved into Sher Park uh, Golf Course and then moved on to Belvedere, which was like a dream come true for me, I guess, because it was like where I grew up playing. And like Parks, I went to Grant McEwen, did the golf program. It was worth my time because the the relationships that were built and like kind of developing that extreme passion for the game. Like it, not like it wasn't there before. Um, the competitive side of the golf, though, like I've always enjoyed playing games and getting out there. But golf for me is more like a meditative thing. Like it's funny that guy that Parks he was talking about last night that we talked to you last night. He's like, yeah, I can't play by myself. I'm like, there's nothing I love more in life than actually playing golf by myself because it's like I can literally tune out the world and it's like this is your time. I mean, Tom and I you know as you mentioned build a relationship but racing out to the course 8 30 at night and playing till 11 and just chasing sunlight and it's like hey man we're not playing against each other we're not doing anything it's like this is a moment to be out here enjoy it like even if we go to a hole and just chip and putt for three hours i'm down um I, yeah golf for me is it's gotten a lot more serious like in the last like few years we're coming back into the game the last couple of years after having a break for four and um, yeah, like I, I, I take it a little more serious now, to be honest. And I think I'm focused a little more, especially being around parks, like kind of working on 
hey, like you should probably focus on this and do this and do that. And it's like, yeah, fuck, you're right. I do need to do that. That's important. Let's let's work on some things here. And but yeah, the game is. I, I, there's very few words to describe it properly for me, but like it's it's something that if I don't have it in my life, I feel like there's a giant hole in life. So it's it's integral to life for me, and I, I feel like it's it will never leave. Well, good on you guys for starting the podcast because it just furthers the love you have for the game and to stay in it at somehow or, or another, if it wasn't going to be on the tour or it's not in the pro shop, that you're still a part of the community. And in my opinion, it's one of the best communities to be a part of. So good on you guys for continuing the journey that it's it's impressive to look at the podcast specifically that you guys have done like 185 episodes and that's just released episodes. Like I would imagine that you guys have some in the bank too, especially if you're popping out 185 episodes, right? Um, I'm going to throw some questions out there. This is new for me because I've never talked to three guys at once and it's, it's different to go around the horn and I want to be as inclusive as I can. So I'm just going to throw some questions out there and whoever feels something come to mind, feel free to just ramble off. It's a dangerous um, game. We'll do the fingers up. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Fingers. <laughs> so I want to shine as much light on your guys' podcast as possible. For those of you who are listening that haven't heard it, it is the 4Jack podcast. So relatable, 4Jack. Oh my God, story of my life, 4Jack. You've released, I'm looking at 184 episodes, confirm if that's uh, wrong or not. What What's changed since episode one? to 184 there's such a big gap that i'm sure it's a lot but in nicole's notes what have you learned in 184 episodes for one the thing that's sitting behind me a board uh that's a big difference maker to be honest considering we did it like i said over our phones on bad wi-fi didn't sound good um even just the understand but like besides that uh, from one to 185 the understanding of kind of how to speak in this format, especially since a lot of our podcasts are over Zoom. And and even if they're in person, I guess like doing podcasts has made me a better listener in a way. It's like you can just sit back and go, tell me what you need to tell me and then I'll jump in when I need to. Um, and developing questions and even like, you know, we always sit down before a pod and it's like, so what do you want to talk about? And it's like, you know, come up with our game plan. Not like we didn't have it before, but it's, developing more of a game plan as we go along for each and every episode and sometimes it goes deep sometimes it's like hey boys let's wing it and let's just attempt our best to get down a rabbit hole as deep as we can i'm just gonna add on to that i got a couple of little things that i've noticed a the synergy and how it's developed and like this is wild because now in this environment we're kind of on your agenda and like we built this like dance almost where like c pays will bring it in send it around the table then parks he does his rapid fire not so rapid fire i mostly just listen and then i come in with some craziness right like we've built this cool little synergy and it's nice to like see how that vibes together and i've noticed that like c pays as a host just his like level of documenting what he wants to say and like even writing a description of the pod, right? It's like all elevated so much where it's like, I see him sitting with a notepad, writing down a thought that he has mid pod. Cause it's like, you learn to like sit back and be patient and then like, okay, it's, it's like double Dutch to be quite honest with you. And like, sometimes you don't get in the skipping rope, right? Like you 
have this thing that you're like, I want to say this so bad, but like, you just let it pass sometimes. And you're like, that's fine. Like, I'm okay with that. Like the moment didn't need to happen always. Right. And I think that's one of the things I've learned is that like patience and like the ability to just like, okay, we didn't need to say that today. I think there's a lot of trust that's been matured and developed throughout a lot of the episodes. It's amazing to see the evolution of each person as a host, as a guest, as an interviewee. It's crazy because like Tom kind of touched on, we were sort of jockeying for position and fighting, but everybody brings a specific element to the show. And you know, when someone starts talking about something specific, you kind of have an idea where they're going to go. So, you know, okay, let them go on this. I'm, I'm going to have a chance to jump in here because I know what sort of street this goes down or kind of what rabbit hole we're going to go down. So that's really unique. What else is cool is the level of the guest, the, the stature of our guests has just escalated beyond belief. But the cool thing is we've all been just sharing stories and having a laugh and engaging on this like super casual human level. And it's never been about, Oh my God, you know, fangirling over whoever's on, on, on the show with us. It's just, we're just talking and it's such a cool, like unrestricted space to be. And we have had nothing but compliments from everybody. Anytime we sign off, they're like, man, that was fucking amazing. Like we went on for an hour and a half and like, it felt like 10 minutes. Like you guys are so good at what you do. Where it's like, yeah, we had none of that shit planned, but it really worked out well. It's just because we vibe so good. I do have to say on like a, on a fangirl level, there was one podcast that like really tripped me out is when we had Natasha Stanishowski on from TSN. And it was like, right when COVID happened. And it's like, it's hilarious because you're used to watching her on TV and you're like, oh, like on a Zoom call, kind of like what she would be like on TV, except for the fact that like, she's reporting back to you on what your thoughts are. Right. And you're like, Oh my, okay. This is a bit of a trip right now that we're all just huddled around a computer in a basement with Natasha on the other line. Like, yeah, too funny. I, I think the fangirl moments are almost kind of funny. Like I've definitely had a few times like with McCord on and I just like turn that like nervousness into like fire. Like I came out real hot and parks in a test. This, this was like a, I was bagged that day. Like I could barely even speak. And then he comes on. I'm like, holy shit. I've been watching this guy my whole life. And then I was like, I was just firing all cylinders. But like some of, some of these guys come in hot too, though. I mean, like, well, he's been drunk, a, so yeah, yeah, he was, he was definitely he had a few red, red solo cups going, but <laughs> and it's, all, it's always to be earlier. <laughs> yeah. Colonoscopy, a uh, bunch of skin cancer removal. He had all kinds of punch biopsy talk, all this like feeling good. You know, 65 year old stuff you don't want to talk about, but it's, it's interesting too, because typically when a guest comes on the show and this has kind of been a part of the evolution and, and the development of the years gone by is you kind of got to be prepared for anything. Cause it's not, it's not like an interview. Okay. What's your favorite color? Red. Okay, great. What's your favorite color of, or what's your favorite flavor of pizza or ice cream or whatever? You know what I mean? So like sometimes they get a little fiery too. So we just learn how to sort of evolve and, and, and ma manipulate those situations to our favor. So. You guys have such a good synergy. And that was a word that one of you said earlier that it's, I'm going to use just a really cheesy analogy and I'm not using this as a pun that you guys, you guys are kind of like a pizza that pace. You're kind of like the crust and the foundation that without you, you're not eating off of anything. 
And Parks, you're kind of like the cheese, like you're kind of like the glue guy that you're holding a lot of stuff together. And then Tom, you're kind of like the, the pepperoni or the pineapple or kind of whatever that flair is on that pizza. And there, it's not like it's two cheeses or two crusts or two pepperonis that you guys all cohesively work together. And I learned a lot from you guys, even when I was on your guys' podcast, that you guys just complement each other so well. And it's tough to find friends that are that cohesive, but to find podcast partners that all have very similar goals and dreams and aspirations that it was, it was a lot of fun being on your guys' podcast and whoever hasn't listened to it better go listen to some four Jack podcasts. Cause you guys are not only great guys, but you're all great podcast hosts. So I can, I can recognize that from my end, having been in your guys' shoes or in your guys' shoes a, a little bit that it's, you guys are so cohesive. So it's, uh, it's not to like cup the balls as I blow you, but it's, it was fun. To, yeah, it, was, say, it was fun. Tummy sticks over here. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It was, uh, no, you guys got a good thing going. So I, I just wanted to say that just while it was fresh in my mind that this pizza analogy, I just thought was just so perfect how you guys work together. I loved it. And to yeah. play the mutual admiration club, like we respect what you're doing and even just like putting the shoe on the other foot here, like you're doing a great job of this too. Like everything you've got, like well-oiled machine, and just like hats off to you as well, right? Like you have the courage to take action. And I think that's what like all of us have in common here, which makes it awesome is like, we just do things, right? You, you go out and you're like, I want to build something for this community that's given me so much. And like, what does that look like? I may not know. And it evolves as we go, right? But like the key is that we decided to do something about it. And that's like, check out everybody's stuff because it's cool that people are doing things. It's before when I had no preconceived notion about what the community was to actually be involved with, there's a lot of um, preconceived notion or you're, you always wonder how people are going to perceive things. So I think anytime that you do get a compliment, it's just that keeps pushing you into that, uh, that direction that uh, you eventually want to be. So good for you guys for making it to a buck 80. Um, you guys talked about fangirling a little bit in uh, some guests that you guys had. And that's one of the most impressive things to me is that podcasts are a huge portion, the guests, the guys that you can bring on and talk to. What's the process of getting a Gary McCord, Mackenzie Hughes? What's not to give away all your secrets that I'm just going to jack from you, but I'm, I'm just interested in, in who who's sliding into the DMS and who who's bringing, uh, who's bringing people on board. It starts with written abuse, <laughs> like assaulting, and it works. It's effective. Yeah. Annoyance, persistence. Uh, yeah, just complete. complete uh, we have this mutant that works uh, part of works with the crew here. Uh, same same initials as mine, but uh, same name, not related. You know, yeah, I, Mr. I Parkinson. Would, I don't know. I, I can't take all the credit. I would like to say that. It's funny because everybody contributes to it, regardless of you know whether somebody's actually sending the messages or whatever. Because it, it it takes a collective effort to, hey man, who do we want to pursue and why? And then that's the leverage, that's the angle that we use. Whether it's me, Pays, Tom, whoever, there's always kind of something we're trying to. Okay, we found the sweet spot. Let's just keep pressing, keep pressing, keep pressing. But it's super cool because typically we like to ask our guests, hey, you know, you had a great time. Who would you think would be a, a good person for us to go after? Or who could you recommend? Or maybe who could you make an introduction to? And Instagram DM is the best thing ever. And having a lot of good connections in the U.S., all three of us, people out in Ontario, different industries. We all work for the same company behind the scenes as well uh, in our real lives. So there's a lot of back and forth that happens with that. And it's just 
trying to be creative, trying to find leverage and just being persistently annoying. It's like, you know, that game that they play where you, you get something and you go to someone's house and you say, Hey, I got a spoon. Give me, can you give me something a little better? Like, can we trade? It's, it's almost like that game. You're just like constantly, Hey, cool. Like, who do you know that would be like, you just vibed out with us. Like who is someone that you think would vibe with us too. Right. And then they're like, Oh, I got Paul Tesori, Webb Simpson's caddy. He'll, he'll come on for sure. If I let him know. And it's, Parksy, like, honestly, he's downplaying his mutinous of this department, but, like, that's the X factor. Is like, he is relentless in the pursuit of these people and doesn't give up until they've said, okay, I'm coming on. You listen to Mackenzie Hughes's podcast, and it's like, yeah, okay. Like, that was months he acknowledges months. how much time it took. McCord was a lot of time. But, I mean, like, a guy like Jason Ellis, Tom and I were talking about it one day. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to go after him. He's like, okay. And then, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, I was just shooting messages back and forth with Ellis. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll come on your show. Absolutely. And I was like, Tom, look what happened. And he's like, but, I can't fucking believe that. And that's the funny thing. Like, I know you've said this before, Parks, where it's like, yeah, these guys are actually, like, shoot a message. You'd be surprised what you, what you hear back. Like, I mean, it's- even, you know, I kind of – Recently, the last couple of months, started listening to Tom Coyne. Knew of him, but started listening to his books. Tom, you know, would you like to come on the show? Bang, message back within minutes. Love to. Just after May 24th, when my new, when my new book comes out. I, sure, man, coming on. And it's like, wow, like you're a pretty well-known author. And it's like, yeah, man, I'll be there. And like, shoots message back like immediately. And you're like, wow, that's wild that that guy does that. So... I got to say now, though, as we've evolved, we have a little more street cred. People know of us. There's a little more to Google. There's a little more to the page. There's a lot more content. So even a guy like Paul Tesori that's on the other night, we had Ben Cook on from the, the PGA Championship. He was a little club pro. A lot of social media around him and Webb playing on the weekend together and him and Phil, the photos and whatnot. So we, we got him on actually super easy. I just shot him a message. He's like, absolutely, I'll come on the show. And then kind of leveraged him to get Paul to sorry, but at the same capacity, the first thing Paul said when he jumped on with us, he's like, man, I've done a lot of homework. I absolutely love what you guys are doing. So harder for somebody that really has no content out there or nor no validity sort of to maybe land a guy like that. He might look at the page and be like, yeah, okay, forget these guys. You know what I mean? They're a joke. So it's, uh, you know, as we progress, we're gaining that street cred. And I think that's, that's helping the cause a lot. And I'm Something. just going to throw, well, well, sorry, Brian, one other thing, knowing that this is going out, I'm planting a seed because I've been working on one guest for some time and he has been a little elusive. Patrick Carney from the Black Keys, like him and I had like a two hour Instagram Fine. back and yeah. forth. C Pays was dipping in, reading it like we were fanboying out for sure, but they released a new <laughs> album and He's gone a little dark, so I'm hoping maybe however this is released, like we can include a tag of Officer Patrick Carney. So he comes and listens to this and understands he should come on the program and let's chat. Brad, I got one more thing for you. And I'll let you, then you can have your show back. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, so one cool thing that Nick Saglanich, the tequila wanderer, threw at us last night, he said, I want to create some co-engagement. So at the end of this, Anybody that's going on your platform, I want to throw out some merch. I want them to go on to my page, like my page, hashtag the four jacks. So I know people are engaging and then he's going to pick some random winners. So I think we want to do something like that with you as well. 
try and create that co-engagement. Absolutely. Let's do it. Any way that we can create a win-win for the both of us is uh, two thumbs up in my book. Absolutely. People should just start mentioning at new nine golf on our page, maybe on our post. If do they do that, we'll give some merch out. We got some things to give away. Yeah. Like it. How about uh, let's do something right now. Let's throw up a story. Well, I got you guys as a little teaser for who's coming on that uh, I can tag you and then uh, we can share it. This is a, this is a first for the new nine golf podcast. Awesome. Live Instagram storying. This is, see, this is where I respect your hustle in life because like. Hey, you boys ready? Yeah. What's up Instagram fam. We are live right now. We are recording with the four jacked podcast. We're in my kitchen. We're talking about helping each other. This is a chance for you guys. If you don't know who the four jack podcast is, hit the link, go check out their page, give them a follow and make sure you listen to us. When we're talking about golf and other related stuff, we'll check in with you guys next time. I'm going to get a shot of us too here. Hang on, I got my phone. These are the rabbit holes we go down. Yes, exactly. I, I just got to say, I, like, I love the fact of sitting on the other side. Like Tom can attest to this. Like this is only the second time I've ever sat on the other side of the mic and not have to deal with this. Like be on someone else's pod. Your voice is lovely. Beautiful. I'm the only one looking down. Love it. <laughs> back to your regular scheduled programming. <laughs> okay, back to the back to the podcast. <laughs> well, that was the first. Thanks for being my first, you guys. Uh, I hope we were all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to tell. I'm looking at your. I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm looking at your guys' website, and you guys work with like a lot of legit brands. Like you guys have like legit sponsors and partners and one in particular, I have to give a huge out, huge shout out to, because if we had never met virtually, I wouldn't be obsessed with my new favorite drink. That drink is Hecho tequila soda. Please tell me you played with Zach. Have you golfed with him yet? So not, no. Um, he will. He's in the six right he now. Will. He'll be back. We have a we have a mutual friend that I play a ton of golf with that knows yeah. that knows him personally, and uh, I tried that uh, head show for the first time on the course. I saw it by fluke. I didn't even know that our course carried it. And the second I saw it, that brand recognition, I'm like oh my god, the Four Jack Boys were just talking about this with me. They have no affiliation to our show, but I will vouch that it's like my new favorite drink. It is the best drink of the summer. Even yeah, if you don't, people that don't summer. like tequila love this drink. It tastes like summer, that's for sure. I could drink 35 of them and and black out and not be upset and be able to drink some more the next day. Like they are, they're legit. Tell me guys a little bit about your your relationship specifically with Hecho and then um, the other uh, companies that you work with like uh, Theragun and Blue Tees and TaylorMade and like all these guys. How does all this stuff? There needs to be a bell noise every time you say it tastes like summer. Ding! We need to have that ding. That would be fantastic. Um. Yeah, I mean, Parkson kind of touch on that as well, but like with the brands that we've been working with, I mean, Hetro especially, I'll get into TaylorMade first, actually, before, because I'll leave that with Parkson because he's got more of the backstory. TaylorMade, you know what, that was actually kind of a funny one because like uh, the TaylorMade rep out in Alberta, which used to be a member of Bell, <clears throat> we had him on the show, Darren Evans, and I used to play golf with him a lot. And to be honest, we, we wanted to talk to him, but it was like, hey, maybe we can get some sticks out of this guy. He's like, can't help you boys, whatever. Talk to your boy, Lance. 
And then it kind of just happened harmoniously where it was like, hey, like call plants. And then all of a sudden, Papa Antoneko is showing up and looking like Santa every couple of weeks. And, you know, like the, the boys take care of us. And, you know, even to go through like the fitting program, like to go through a new fitting, I don't care who it's with. Like, obviously, I'm going to pump up to Emmett and say, you should go do it with them. But like, man, go get a fitting. It's sick. I could just hit balls and check it out on track, man. Like, it's really cool. So it's nice to have like a team behind you that can like, just kind of dial you in if you have any sort of game, which I, I can every once in a while, but not very often. But thanks, Sam, for trying. We won't talk about my fitting day. I don't even know if I could hit the shaft of the golf club. Never mind the face. It was embarrassing. Anyway, thanks, TaylorMade, for uh, yeah, saving us. But as far as working with brands go, I mean, again, it's just kind of been that infinite pursuit of annoyance. Just finding something niche and, you know, looking at things that aren't really prevalent in Canada and trying to associate ourselves with something bigger and beautiful and bolder and everything else that might be a great platform for them to explore. So it's been it's been cool. I mean, a, a lot of people are interested in having their products showcased and talking to us. And now I'm sure like you, you're getting people reaching out to you wanting to do unveilings and unboxings and and talk about products so it's pretty cool i mean once you get a couple it's it's like okay maybe you know we can start asking people for stuff and it's never really been about the money component or the or the revenue it's been about like hey that's really cool we love flight scopes but who wants to pay a thousand dollars so maybe if we reach out we can get one and you know we've been fortunate they hooked us up so a lot of a lot of that just kind of chasing it and asking sometimes you hear no but it is what it is but I mean, it's it's always nice to have people that are are willing to explore that golf space to represent brands because it's such a, a big component of what people had as far as a COVID sort of I don't know place safe haven or or something to do outside of you know staring at their own four walls. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> it does without I'll, a doubt. Go ahead, Tom. I can I can touch on like I'm going to touch on three of them right now. I'll touch on Theragun, Petjo, and obviously. Last but not least, Go Track Social Club, right? Probably my number one love of sponsors. But Theragun was probably one of the first ones that we ever got on board. And like that's been an interesting relationship because it's it's been more about for our guests, to be quite honest with you. Like we worked out a nice little relationship where like they're willing to send units to the people like we have on our podcast. If it's someone that's like cool and they're like, okay, like sure. And that just helps us like build that rapport more with our guests, which is like the best part of it. Cause then it's like, okay, you just got a free massage unit for coming on the four Jack podcast, which is like talk about building rapport. That's like the best is like when their glutes are sore and they're getting blasted by it. Like Epic. That's we're what, we're calling, the, that's the what we're calling the favors. <laughs> yeah. We're paying yeah. the talent. Don't worry about it. <laughs> paying the talent. And then my experience with Hatcho was at like, Parks, he was working this deal and I was down in Phoenix and Zach was also down there doing some business development. And so him and I ended up getting together for a, for a round at McCormick Ranch and it ended up becoming a battle, him and I versus these two giants, right? And like, there was one hole, I missed the green on a par three, hit it to like 15 feet. And then I was like, hey, why don't you just put that hecho beside the cup, right? And like, I drained this putt for par, like walked up, cracked it slammed it and he was like well that like 
and it started this trend with him, right? And I even believe that like you were a little suspect of getting down with the head show maybe at the first you're like I don't I may or may not like this but it truly is one of the most refreshing hydrating beverages you can get right like I stand behind that statement. no hangover no hangover it's a lubricant to the body but then I got to give a shout out to our boys at the Go track social club because I still remember the the moment that thing was I was at the meeting. They were going to have me be a part of the company. And people still think the T in GTSC stands for Tom. But I was like, no, I need, I've done a lot of business with friends. And it's like, okay, there's, there's a Cody who's one of our best buds. We still have him involved with the four Jack podcast, but things are booming for the go track social club. So he's kind of taking a little bit of a step back, but like Garrett love his take on like, just fashion and general creativity and they have a cool little team there. And I literally wear a go track social club thing every single day. Like there is one that today I got a sweater, a shirt and the hat on. And it's like my favorite thing to wear in the world. So that's a little bit. That's wicked to hear. That's thanks for letting me inside your guys kind of process. Cause it's always cool to hear what, uh, what other guys are doing and, and to work with legit brands, right? Like it's, I'm sure there's been a lot of deals in the past just in general that go bad, but to just collectively work with good people first and then businesses, it, it's cool to make those relationships. Tommy said you played uh, McCormick ranch and you kind of downplayed how sick of a golf course that is. That's like one of the Dude. best golf courses in the Phoenix area. It was a beast. I'm going to be honest with you. There were some tough holes out there, but, uh, yeah, it was more like, it was crazy. We played golf with these two dudes that were literally giants. One was six, five, 340 pound offensive lineman for ASU. And then his six foot nine dad that like me and Zach were looking like a little, a couple of hobbits running through the Shire with Gandalf and freaking Gimli or not Gimli. We were Gimli, but like, you know, just the craziest time, crazy golf course, a lot of water, a lot of trouble out there. The par threes were just disgusting, like 200 and plus yards over water complete carry it's like you i'm gonna hit a five wood folks but i did make the most insane up and down on the 17th pole to win the match like yeah loved it greatest day ever that cemented our bond with zach and hecho that's awesome guys we're almost done i got uh, just one kind of last last question and and maybe again we can go around the horn or or raise a hand and however we want to answer this the new nine brand, like I, I've mentioned on your guys' podcast, it's about that very similar to the four jacked mentality that it's, you learn from those bogeys, you learn from those lost balls, and you're always striving to be better and not just golf, but life as well. I'm interested collectively, maybe as a group, has there been a, an aha moment or some bad that has happened uh, on the podcast, maybe a show or a production, or can you think of something that, that kind of taught you a lesson to help you prevail as a group? moving forward uh no I, comment yeah there's always something but and it's never ending but i think i think having like a good defined division of who's doing what and just understanding that like at the beginning there was a lot of like hey, we, yeah we'll do this i'll do this and it's just like and now it's like did anyone get that done and it's like you can't really have it that way like you kind of have to have that division because it's a, it's a full-time job like there's so much involved in it and like there's there's a lot of moving parts 
like, for example, like I'm going to get off this and I'm going to sit down and be editing audio for the rest of the evening. But it's like, that's a role that I take on. That's like, and anyone that runs a pod would understand that. Like it's, it's just another role. Parks is answering emails as we speak. You guys always running it. Tom, you know, that guy's up till three, four in the morning. That's like, there's just so many parts to it. And it's like, Hey man, if you can do a pod successfully on your own, all the power to you. And I, I applaud anyone that can do it, but it is, and it's, it's probably not that bad if it's just you talking, but if, and as you know, like if there is someone else involved, like a guest or other people, other hosts on the show with you, dude, there's so much work and it's like, find what you can do really well. Say there's two or three of you find what each person can do well and assign it, go do your thing. We'll we'll meet in the middle eventually. I'm having an aha moment right now. If I'm being totally honest, after you just yeah the ethos of new nine golf, it's like we need to somehow like be a family, right? Like knowing what you're capable of, and as we continue to grow, it's like there's I just like the energy, and like I don't know, it'll be interesting to see, like because it takes a takes an entire team to build this. Like the bigger you get, the more it does. Like another learning lesson is like CPAs is going to go spend a few hours cutting after we're done this, but it's like, we need to grow to the point where we like bring other people in to start facilitating that aspect of it so that he can focus on like doing research on Tom coin. So then when that moment comes, like we absolutely crush it. Right. Are you saying this is a bit like therapy tonight? something <laughs> i love it brandon's a good me, mediator feel, yeah i'm loving this i feel well, like i'm about to renew my vows yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna leave you guys to that yeah. <laughs> there's been enough circle jerking going on for me for a lifetime oh my god you guys need tummy to sticks are hard tonight you guys are in love yeah well i'm looking forward to when we can all get together and do some video content because that's going to be just one more level to to get us out there and and show the golfers uh not only can we talk about golf, but we can swing the sticks around a little bit too. Here's your formal invitation, Brandon, to the Modern Meet Open VGT Stop, August 7th and 8th, Newlands Golf Club, Langley, British Columbia. Come on out. There's a media day on the Friday. The Four Jack will be there. Hetchel will be there. VGT, it's going to be a crazy event. Modern Meet's the title sponsor. That's the company we work for. So, yeah, it should be a fun one. If you can make it out. We will definitely put you up and uh, yeah, we'll play some golf and have some fun. I appreciate the invite. I'm going to do what I can to make it out because uh, a collab uh, in person would be better than uh, than anything. So I'll see what I can do to, to make it out there. If not, we'll get out to Tobiano and swing the wrenches. Maybe a little uh, sagebrush action on the way. Like it. Definitely Got- get him on the program for sagebrush for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to just about to wrap it up. We've almost hit, ha- hit an hour. Guys, I appreciate your time. Um, last round of the horn or going around the horn is we'll leave the uh, the viewers or the listeners something to to google after this i'll ask each one of you you can play one course for the rest of your life the best course you ever had an experience at you're playing that course what is it i'll kick it off i'm gonna just go ahead and say rolling hills because i'm the only one of us that had the pleasure of playing it but soon enough we will all have had the pleasure you're welcome. Thank you, sir. Right? Tummy sticks again. And where's Rolling Hills? 
Uh, it is California. kind of in Palos Verde, California, South Los Angeles, just uh, right by Redondo Beach. Right where Tiger crashed his car. It's just it's a, one of the newer sort of private clubs or newer envisioned private clubs. Fazio Leo. Yeah. Good, good friend is a uh, director of golf there. Uh, caddied at a club that he was director of golf at in the desert and, and always stayed in touch. So yeah. Had the shout uh, out Derek Lane. Shout out D Lane. Yeah, for sure. Great, great dude. Just the absolute, an absolute gem of a human being golf professionally. He's just, he's the one that is going to carry the flag forever. So love that. And just to paint a quick picture of it, like they have these greens that are rolling like 13 on the stem, but then they have these surround areas that are greens that roll about like a nine, five, 10 that are double the size of the green. So realistically you have just this massive area around your green that like I had a 50 yard putt. And Tom I want Fazio, to man, it. Tom Fazio, you're going to love it. Hated it. I loved it. Rolling Hills, who wants to take another shot? Uh, man, I this is a bit of a homer answer. I'm not sure if it's I, – I don't want this golf course in this spot. I want it to move it to another spot. But truthfully, like, I hate to be this guy. Like, if I could actually have one layout to play for the rest of my life, I'd take the Northern Bear. I would just put it in the Turks and Caicos. Touche. <laughs> like, true. <laughs> like, I would just move it. It's a little cold, but, like, man, best layout. You can't deny it. It's perfect. And where is it? Sorry. That one's just outside of Edmonton. Just outside of Sherwood Park. Okay. In Edmonton. So one of like, only four signature Jack Nicholas courses in Canada, my man. It is a fantastic property. And it's just it's everything you need. Uh, you know what? If you want to become a great player, play that. You will be. It's just it's classic Nicholas. It's just freezing cold for six months of the year. So we just need to transplant that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Parks, what do, Parks, what do you think, buddy? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little different answer here. I'm gonna say I'll take any golf course that I can play with my dad one more time. That's it. That's as good as it gets, guys. That I'm wraps us up. Thank Love you it. so much again for your time. I appreciate it. I can't wait to hear the rest of your guys' podcast and to continue diving into other episodes that I haven't yet listened to. So for those of you listening that don't know the Forward Jack podcast, make sure you follow them on Instagram. They're on all social media. Make sure you download them on uh, Spotify. Anywhere you can find a, a podcast, chances are you'll find the, the Forward Jack podcast. So guys, thanks again. And until we meet in person, we'll check in with you guys next time.